Chapter twenty three of East by West A Journey in the Recess, Volume two, by Henry W. Lucy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter twenty three A British Outpost. Regarded as a harbour, Aden is one of the finest sights in the world. As a home for man, it is among the most desolate. It yields neither fruit nor vegetables, nor grows flowers, nor scarcely any grass or green thing. Its hills yield no fresh streams, nor is water to be had by digging wells. Condensed water is the sole resource of the colonists, and beef alternating with mutton their daily fare, except when friendly ships bring rare presents of fowl or game. The harbour and the European settlement are built on a narrow strip of sandy, gravelly land, lying at the feet of hard, bare, brown rocks. Somebody must, from time to time, sojourn here, for there are two hotels, whose high-sounding names contrast with the desolation of the scene. Nothing less than the Hôtel de l'Univers, unless it be the Hôtel de l'Europe, will do for Aden it is a pathetic fancy this all europe nay all the universe hurrying out to make a stay at aden and here are the hotels with green verandas awaiting their reception with a waiter standing in either doorway ready to take the universal orders but in the meanwhile yawning and lazily flapping at flies with a dirty napkin aden itself the native town peopled by arabs africans and a miscellaneous horde of nationalities much out of the elbows lies four miles inland we drove thither passing out of the neighbourhood of the two hotels by stores of coal which tell the enormous business done at this halfway house to india to-day there is stored in aden seventy thousand tons of coal chiefly imported from cardiff the price just now runs as high as thirty-five shillings a ton which is moderately cheap during the abyssinian war the price of coals at aden was run up eight pounds a ton government must have coal for their transports and men of war and patriotic stockholders held on till they got their price just now a hundred steamers a month call at aden chiefly to coal from which it will appear that somebody turns over a pretty penny in compensation for the absence of all other joys of life but there is a cloud rising over aden which may work its ruin at present it is no bigger than a little island in the red sea called perim perim also belongs to england and has been leased to a private company who hope that it will some day supplant aden as a coaling station it has many natural advantages including a fine harbour and offers the inducement of increased cheapness of coal at aden a big steamer cannot let go its anchor and haul it up again under a fine of twenty pounds there are no port charges at perim which is moreover directly on the route and a day's steaming nearer to cardiff it is however as a naval station an outpost of the british empire that aden is chiefly prized and as such it will always hold its own at present the fort is not very heavily armed its biggest guns being nine-inch muzzle loaders of twelve tons practically obsolete in these days of ironclads 
the guns are mounted on the open barbette system pretty to look at but dangerous to serve this is to be altered at something like an expenditure of a hundred thousand pounds new guns of twenty-six tons are to be placed in armoured cupolas and all points within the harbour at which a landing might be effected by an enemy will be protected by light guns at aden as at hong kong a place practically defenceless against first-class ironclads trust has hitherto been placed in the watchfulness of the fleet it is intended to place aden in a position in which like gibraltar it can answer for itself this is a work quietly undertaken by a government understood in some quarters to be careless of national defences and particularly reckless of the safety of our empire in the east i hear at aden of another little stroke of business effected without blare of trumpets and uncelebrated in music-halls just facing aden and commanding the harbour there juts out a rocky promontory which should it be seized by an enemy or acquired by a friendly power would immeasurably reduce the value of aden as a naval and military post in eighteen sixty nine when mr gladstone's government was supposed to be absorbed with such humdrum things as reforming churches freeing land and creating a system of national education this long overlooked coin of vantage was quietly bought from the arab chief who held its suzerainty one day lieutenant now major hogg in command of a troop of sind horse stationed on the narrow spit of sand where the cavalry lines lie received instructions to go and take possession in the queen's name of this potential gibraltar so little was known of the district that he was informed that the journey skirting the bay would be seven miles he found it fifteen and though the little troop had started with the hope of arriving at their destination before the heat made day insufferable it was high noon when the fagged horses and men reached their camping-place at sunrise the next morning amid a salute from the cavalry the british flag floated from the barren rock announcing to whom it might concern that this was british soil at sunset the flag was taken down the process being repeated every day for a week at the end of which time the troops trotted back and a new though exceedingly rough diamond had been added to the circlet of the british crown nothing has been done since but i believe that little aden as it is called for want of a better name is forthwith to be fortified completing the impregnability of the harbour driving along the road skirting the bay on the way to aden town we passed on the right hand the burial place where hundreds of natives were huddled during the last cholera epidemic it would be impossible for words to convey an idea of the desolateness of this place it is not even enclosed and all but a few of the graves are nameless and unmarked save by the little mounds that rise out of the unkempt shingle behind bare and bleak ungraced by tree or shrub and unblessed by blade of grass rise the forbidding hills of volcanic rock in front is the sea with glimpses beyond of a jagged coast and an illimitable stretch of desert here when the sun has gone down and the sea moans all round 
sits death in the dark alone Quote, all shores about and afar lie lonely but lonelier this than the heart of grief End quote. We passed on the road many Arabs leading strings of camels loaded with elephant grass, the principal fodder yielded by the district. One camel went by with a load of rough but sweet-scented hay. A gharry drove by with an Arab and three children in the front seat. The back part under the hood had a cloth drawn down, closely veiling the inmates, presumably the wives of the gentlemen on the box seat, who thus sadly took their pleasure on a morning's drive. A little ahead was a lanky Arab on a minute donkey. The man carried a little child fast asleep on his breast. What with the heat of the sun and the distraction born of the united duties of caring for the sleeping infant and keeping his feet off the ground, he perspired freely through the covered way flanked by the fort we came upon a funeral procession of arabs the leader dressed in white held in his arms a packet wrapped in matting through the open end of which peeped a tiny bare brown foot about twenty arabs chiefly dressed in white followed in irregular procession singing a monotonous chant I hope they were not going to bury the little thing among the shingle under the hill. Nearer Aden, just before the road turns off to mount the hill that leads to the town, there is another graveyard, not much better kept, but lying in a shadier nook, with an outlet upon another position of the bay, where the blue waters fall in tiny breakers around purple islets. Doubtless that was their destination most of the people we met on the road were arabs fine handsome men with erect bearing and lithe springy step but there was a considerable sprinkling of somalis a race who come from the other side of the red sea many of these had their woolly hair curled and tinted yellow a mode at one time i believe popular among ladies of fashion in london i do not know how they acquired the adornment but the process in vogue among the Somalis is very simple. On the shore by the port he finds a soft yellow mud with which he liberally plasters his head. This is left on for a week, during which time it is sufficiently baked by the sun. The head is then washed, the woolly hair put into curl papers, and the Somali beau walks about with the conviction that he is rather fetching. Aden town lies, as it were, in the bottom of a cup, the sides being rugged volcanic hills. It must be a fearful place in summer. In these January days it is dangerous to appear out of doors without a sun-helmet, or a terai, which is simply composed of two felt hats, one fitting close upon the top of the other. The streets are narrow and dirty, swarming with black-eyed children, chiefly naked, who run after the carriage and lisp for bakshish. There is also a choice collection of deformity, the fortunate possessors of which close round the visitor and make it almost impossible to proceed a few yards on foot. Another nuisance are the money-changers, 
who cannot be convinced that the chief object of one landing in aden is not either to get rupees changed into english money or english money converted into rupees one of these men spent the whole morning with us holding out a handful of silver it was a little monotonous but we got used to it in time and he seemed to be enjoying himself the one thing aden has to show to the tourist are its famous tanks these are scooped out of hills standing a little above town they are natural excavations nature having been but slightly assisted by art there is a series of four or five tanks yawning cauldrons each one capable of holding thousands of gallons of water if it could only get them that is however the drawback the tanks are quite empty now as they always are except for a short period after unusually heavy rains they are no use for the purpose for which it is naturally supposed they were constructed that of supplying aden with water when the rains do come after the long drought they bring down tons of mud the washings of the dusty hills it would take a year with a constant supply of fresh and cleaner water before the store could be used for domestic purposes but the government whose property the tanks are manage to turn them to commercial account these washings of the hills are full of manurial properties for which the agriculturists for miles around compete last year the dirty water sold for eight hundred pounds and went to irrigate a thirsty land as to the origin of these colossal reservoirs it is lost in remote antiquity the generally accepted theory is that they were made by the romans who once had a settlement here they were accidentally discovered some years ago and the rubbish with which they had been gradually filled was cleared away at the expense of the government they are approached by a neatly kept garden in which at nearly every turn is set up an earnest request that visitors will not pluck the flowers this i fancy is a bitter joke for scarcely any flowers will bloom in this enclosed space on which the sun beats down with a terrible power that dries up the thinly sprinkled soil we returned to the port by another route on which the dust was laid by water-carts drawn by camels from this road not aden but the prospect from its hills looked fairer the volcanic peaks on the opposite shore were doubtless as brown and desolate as that on which we stood but seen at a distance across the blue bay they were dowered with soft reds and deep purples whilst here and there the riven masses opened up glimpses of golden sand End of chapter 23